Commissioner Dillard? Present. Commissioner Gathua? Present. Commissioner Harris? Present. Commissioner Johnson? Here. Commissioner Krebs? Here. Commissioner Merritt? Here. Commissioner Nobis? Here. Uh, Commissioner Rivera? Here. And Commissioner Traore? Here. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. We'll start off with reading of the Native American land acknowledgments. I'll go ahead and read it. And it says, we meet today in the community of Iowa City, which now occupies the homelands of Native American nations to whom we owe our commitment and dedication. The area of Iowa City was within the homelands of the Iowa, Meskwaki, and Sauk. And because history is complex and time goes far back beyond memory, we also acknowledge the ancient connections of many other indigenous peoples here. The history of broken treaties and forced removal that dispossessed indigenous peoples of their homelands was and is an act of colonization and genocide that we cannot erase. We implore the Iowa City community, community to commit to understanding and addressing these injustices as we work toward equity, restoration, and reparations. Um, next, we will go to the approval of the meeting minutes from October 20th. Do I open up for public comment? Anyone online or in person? Okay, we'll move to you, Steph. I'll motion to a, approve the minutes. Yes. I second. I didn't see who seconded. I'm sorry. Thank you. Sorry, guys, it's been a It's been while. properly moved and seconded. Any further discussion? <laughs> Commissioner Dillard? Yes. Commissioner Gathua? Yes. Commissioner Harris? Yes. Commissioner Johnson? Yes. Commissioner Krebs? Yes. Commissioner Merritt? Yes. Commissioner Nobis? Yes. Commissioner Rivera? Yes. And Commissioner Traore? Yes. Motion passes 9-0. Thank you. Uh, we'll move on to item uh, agenda item number five, public comment of items not on the agenda. Is there anyone in um, the room with us right now that would like to make any public comments? Anyone online? Okay, uh, we will move forward to agenda number six, which is the Iowa City Community School District Elementary School Performance Incident. And that was from Commissioner Nobis. Um, so Sikawas, I'll let you go ahead and talk about this. Thank you, Chair. Um, yes, I wanted to talk about uh, an incident that happened at my daughter's school, Shimmick Elementary. And uh, what I believe actually is not just Shimmick Elementary, but other elementary schools uh, throughout the district. Um, it was an unfortunate uh, incident. It was an incident that could have been um, uh, like that we could have um, kept from happening. Um, and so that's what I'm very confused about. It was a performance that was put on um, by the Shimmick, by a Shimmick school uh, that um, I would, I would say was uh, culturally inappropriate, insensitive, and, you know, uh, bordered on the line of racism and uh, playing Indian. And um, this goes back to um, a book that was uh, brought into the district called Fry Bread. Uh, and uh, the book is um, written by a, a Native American author um, who they brought into um, 
the school district, uh, geez, I don't know, like maybe a month or two ago to uh, read the book. And uh, the school district then invited uh, actually a, a, another uh, local indigenous person, uh, Dan Daniel Velasquez, uh, to uh, actually serve fry bread at this event. And then the children, you know, got t-shirts and went back to their schools and uh, over the next month, uh, they have been, they practiced or worked on a performance or what I thought was like going to be like a demonstration or, you know, something about the book, you know, to, uh, to honor the book. Um, so I guess what really surprised me is, first of all, as an Indigenous person, as a Native American person, I was very excited because, um, you know, things like this don't happen very often uh, where this very white-centric community, you know, uplifts uh, Indigenous uh, culture and traditions, um, you know, at all. I mean, there's, um, you know, a lot of work being done within the Black community and the Latino Latina community, but in terms of, uh, you know, Indigenous culture and traditions, that just doesn't happen very much um, within the realms of um, what the city of Iowa City does. And so, you know, I was very excited. Uh, I, I sent my daughter in her ribbon skirt and her braids and her um, hair ties, and I was there to film it. And I thought they were going to read the book and maybe, I don't know, I don't even, I, I couldn't even imagine what they were doing. I thought they were just going to read the book and the kids were going to talk about it. And I don't know, um, maybe sing or something like that. But it turns out that um, they actually um, emulated a powwow and uh, like traditional uh, drumming um, and saying gibberish, uh, like, I don't know. Uh, so I was, you know, quite taken aback by this and approached the uh, teacher afterwards who put this together and asked, you know, where, um, where did you get, like, where did you get this from? Like, how did you come about to doing this? You know, and of course I was very polite about it, even though I was quite upset. Um, and she said, well, I know some people, uh, in, um, Chicago, I know some natives in Chicago. And I was like, that wasn't really quite an answer. I mean, that was not the answer. I like, that's not the answer you should be giving. I mean, just cause you know, some natives, that doesn't mean you can do this sort of thing. Um, so, and then immediately after, like always, like any event that, you know, we go to or anything that happens, you know, uh, one of the staff members came up to me and said, my, my grandmother is Cherokee or great, great, great grandmother is Cherokee and all my sisters have black hair. I mean, it just happens all the time. It's just, it's a weird thing. So that was, you know, I was already agitated. Uh, then I went up to the principal and asked, uh, you know, told, told him what had happened. And um, he just, you know, was obviously you know upset so i've been emailing him and um I, I i i the teacher basically got this idea from a book that um talks about different indigenous practices and like cultural practices across the country um and uh be, it's a problematic book because it's almost like giving people permission to uh carry out some of our sacred traditions uh, but so the, the problem with this is just because it's in a book, it doesn't mean it's okay to do it, right? So, um, you know, they, they were doing something like what, what is called a friendship dance, which we would call a round dance. 
um but also like they the kids were drumming on these like uh, snare drums and some kind of other like plastic kind of drum thing and um you know singing some kind of sound that is not a word in our language any of our languages and um like first of all like that's like um an act of prayer for us so like you don't just go copy that you know it's like going up and i don't know carrying out um some sort of catholic ceremony with the host and drinking some wine or something i don't know i'm just trying to think of something so people can understand like the context of that um i was you know, then the kids came in afterwards and danced and some of them like were obviously pretending to powwow dance um, because apparently the teacher had shown them uh, a video of a powwow. And my daughter told me this, that the teacher had shown them a video of a powwow. My daughter knows what powwows are because she's been to many of them. And, um, you know, I was like, like, I, I don't know why you would show children a powwow and ask them to, to like, do that like there's it's not like the da dancing you know the dancing is not something you just you know just um you just go do right um there's cultural meaning behind it so i want people to understand that this is something akin to the blackface incident that happened at iccsd but yet it's it's sanctioned by the school district um and apparently this didn't just happen at shimmick it happened at another school um, that I know of, another Native American person told me, I haven't gotten the information yet. Um, I want people to understand that Indigenous people face the highest rates of erasure and tokenization in this country beyond what even I think this particular commission can even comprehend if you're not Indigenous, because we deal with these things on a daily basis and it's okay. Like it's okay for children to go to the Iowa City School District dressed up in our regalia that they buy, um, you know, at a costume store. It's okay for children to wear, you know, red face, um, you know, if they're pretending to be part of uh, a sports team. Um, it's okay for children to mock our culture um, and it's sanctioned by the school district. It's okay to teach them mythologies about our history in the textbooks and also um, show text, like I literally have textbooks in the classroom that erase indigenous history, like my son's fourth grade text, social studies textbook that um, basically showed the founding of the city of, I believe it was Seattle or San Francisco with a boat showing up and building a city, right? Like it literally erases and whitewashes the history of this country and what indigenous peoples have experienced. It's okay for um, teachers, uh, depending on their own political and or, you know, cultural beliefs, to talk about Columbus, to teach Columbus, if uh, Columbus, uh, to teach on Columbus Day if they want, to, um, excuse me, one second. <laughs> Sorry about that. I have kids. Um, <laughs> I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Yeah. And so it's okay for them to, for instance, when my son was in kindergarten, 
to go against my wishes as a parent, because uh, I told them that they, if the teacher, if they were going to teach anything inappropriate uh, concerning Thanksgiving, the mythology of Thanksgiving, um, or anything about Columbus, or um, if they're going to have inappropriate Halloween costumes during ho- like you know Halloween, that I was going to take my son out um, of those uh, th- on those days, um, you know, and then uh, have the teacher completely ignore that when I, you know, and I, and I caught her cause I came into the room and found all these little pinups of these like pilgrims and natives with like a little feathers, you know, um, and tomahawks and teepees and, you know, the Wampanoag aren't even from, you know, they didn't even, that, that, that this like mythology comes from the Plymouth rock area. Um, they didn't, they, they didn't even use teepees, but beyond that, like, you know, caricaturizing indigenous people, um, down to these, you know, really horrible stereotypes and 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 perpetuating these mythologies is is very harmful. Um, and so, what happened, you know, a couple of weeks ago is not anything out of the ordinary from what I've been experiencing through the ICCSD. And I'm not the only person. Um, I've been uh, speaking with a youth who is in the high in, at in high school, who has uh, suffered for years um, from like a lot of incidents like these perpetuated by teachers themselves, by the school district itself. So um, I have the video uh, of what happened. I'm going to. I'm waiting for a friend to uh, blur the faces of the children because obviously. This is not an issue the children need to be um, like directly involved in. Um, and I have already spoken about it openly at a Johnson County uh, meeting where I gave a presentation on Truthsgiving. I haven't had time to contact the um, Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee yet, but I will. Mary Krebs uh, uh, on this commission is very well aware of all of this. Um, as she is my my friend and fellow commissioner and fellow uh, indigenous commissioner, so um, she's you know she may want to also um, speak to this. And um, there are other indigenous people in the community that have been contacted, and um, we will you know be doing something like at least writing a letter uh, about this incident. Um, and I have yet to uh, put together you know all this information in like one comprehensive document, uh, but. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, I, I'm busy. Uh, you know, so this kind of sucks. Like I, it's just another thing on my plate, but, um, you know, I, I, I want people to take this very seriously because this is what children are going to think is okay to do as they grow up. This is why we have entire sports teams that like encourage people to wear red face. Imagine, imagine if there were entire sport teams that still wore blackface. I just, I really want to put this into context and the kind of visceral, the kind of like, the kind of pushback that would happen. Um, And I just say this because I'm very frustrated at this point as an indigenous person, as a parent um, in this community that like this stuff is just okay. Um, I did speak to another parent that was there that is indigenous um and you know he's upset so hopefully i can get a statement from him as well but the reason i'm telling this the truth and reconciliation commission is first of all i demand some sort of reparations and truth and reconciliation out of this as a you know as a member of the uh, iowa city community but secondly 
I want to use some of our budget to buy books called 500, um, uh, the, uh, what is it called? Um, the next 500 years or, uh, give, give me one second. Um, uh, I'd like to buy a book for every teacher um, and principal in the district called Rethinking Columbus, the next 500 years. Um, it's a, 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 a book for teachers um, and it was uh, released in 1991, but it's been updated. Um, and it's a, it's a book that changed the way the discovery of America is taught in classroom and community settings. It's for K to 12. Um, the new edition has over 100 pages of new material, including a role play trial of Columbus materials on Thanksgiving day, resources, historical documents, poetry, and more. It will help readers replace murky legends with a better sense of who we are and why we are here. Um, and celebrates over 500 years of the courageous struggles and lasting wisdom of native peoples. I bought this book every year for my, my kids' teachers. Um, and like I said, I've still had issues. Uh, and like, I'm really tired of spending my own money on this. And I think that it's time that we use some of this budget finally and like, just do like one thing. And that's to buy, um, you know, like these books for every teacher in the district. So that's, that's, that's my motion, I guess I want to put forward. Um, and, um, thank you very much for listening to me. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, um, uh, Commissioner Nobis. Uh, my initial thought was just, well, I was going to ask you, what can we do? Um, so thank you for giving us some action items. I would like to ask Stephanie, um, are we able to access the budget at all yet at this moment? I mean, currently, because of the, the low cost of the TRC, they come off of the the office's budget, um, a, a request like this, and I'm looking through the resolution, I kind of think um, would have to be budgeted for um, in terms of going to city council. But if you want to have further discussion while I look back at the resolution, mm -hmm. um, and I will give input here in a second, how's that? I'll let everyone discuss if anyone wants to say something. Um, um, and let me add, let me add one thing. Uh, I would like to require um, that all teachers uh, get a specific training on um, mm -hmm. on like Native American people in particular, uh, mm -hmm. because like this district is still allowing exceedingly racist things to happen that aren't happening, you know, to other folks, to other populations. So thank you. Go ahead, Lauren. Mr. Um, Merritt, um, I wanted to hit my head on the table when you were saying that. Um, and I think what I would actually like to approach the um, school board at a school board meeting to, you know, talk about this also with, um, you know, the book. First, I would like to see them to, for their budgets to pay for the book and be part of a curriculum. Um, it technically shouldn't be, you know, our budget. I mean, it, but if they're, if they're not going to do it, then yes, I think, um, it's something we should maybe think about, but, um, I think definitely going on, you know, at the school board meeting of the agenda and discussing the issue, um, 
and also talk about uh yeah a training session for the teachers they they have in-service days there's no reason why they can't do an in-service day to talk about this um and yeah i'm i'm all for that <laughs> yeah um go ahead um thanks for sharing sakawas um you certainly don't need my like validation or affirmation that like what you're describing was a completely horrific and racist uh, portrayal um, of indigenous and Native American peoples. And I, I'm sorry that you had to witness that and that your family was implicated in it. Um, I am glad that um, Commissioner Merritt brought up um, sort of form formalizing some sort of presentation or coming to the ICCSD board, because I do think that that's a crucial um, uh, body that uh, has, you know, exercises power over, you know, the, the school district. Um, and I also agree with the idea of uh, putting pressure on them. Uh, you know, if they are making as a school district, if um, commitments towards diversity, equity, and inclusion, they absolutely should put their money where their mouth is. Um, I think that this definitely should be a specific request. Um, and and I also think that we can put it in the context of, um, and we expect then the Iowa City Community School District is going to create a recurring budget to continue educating its teachers on issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? So that this doesn't, we don't have to keep like asking one time for um, them to teach themselves or learn about um, why they did things that were wrong and you know we have to make those presentations every single time but um that you know they're they're become you know they develop some sort of annual fund uh for more education in the future um uh, along lines like these um i certainly think that we can pass um a recommendation um uh, should the iowa city community school district um deny the recommendation or request for to, to fund a project like this. Um, and uh, I think that we if we do make that recommendation, we just need um, some numbers of like how many teachers this would be how, like what the number would be. Right. Um, the, the other thing that I was just thinking about as you were speaking, um, Commissioner, was um, I. These are the types of stories that like our commission was created to hear. Um, and so what we do with this information is absolutely a reflection of, you know, what our commission um, hopes to achieve in our roles. Um, I want to be, I want uh, our commission to be one that, you know, honors voices. Um, I want our commission um, to be, um, responsive to needs and concerns. And I also want us to, you know, be creating lasting um, systems of change within our community so that um, we can continue to, um, to continue towards, you know, um, a, a better Iowa city. Um, and so that's, that's how I'm trying to sort of think about our how we will respond to this. I, again, I don't think that, I think that we have initial ideas of, you know, going to the school district. And I'm really glad that you brought up um, some specific um, educational materials for them. And, and so I think that this is a really good model for us to consider. Um, this is Commissioner Harris. Um, so I'm going to echo the same thing that's been said already. Um, 
The only thing about it is that we're going to have to go through the school district to and put pressure on them to make these trainings that these teachers need. Um, and also, when I was listening to the story that you told about the incident that happened, um, I almost wanted to pound on the table myself because um, being an African-American male myself, I can feel the sentiment and how, you know, the racism, it needs to be dealt with and it needs to be addressed and teachers need to be educated. And I, and as far as, you know, getting the money to get the books and I don't know how that's going to work and we're going to have to go figure that out, you know, how that goes. But those books, they need to be necessary. Um, they, the training for the teachers, it, it needs to happen, but we're going to have to put pressure on the because the Iowa city community school district is, a, is, is the body that's going to make that decision. So and with that, I'm you. So, um, thank you. What I'd like to respond to with that is is that the reason I came to us first about these books is because we have a budget we haven't used, and if we go through the school district, it's going to be a very long process. So, mm -hmm. I mean that that's my thought on that. And then, yes, I will be going to the school board. Um, we will be going to the school board, you know, uh, as, as, you know, a group of in concerned indigenous peoples um, to present, but, you know, we want to make sure that we have everything documented um, before we do that. Um, and I hope that, yeah, I absolutely hope that um, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission can perhaps uh, write a letter of support um, or something, I don't know, yeah, so we can think of, it, whatever ideas come up here would be amazing. Go ahead, Mohammed. That's okay. Um, so I just wanted to bring up the factor of if it's not going through the schools to get the books, and it's rather our budget. Uh, we're talking about giving materials to teachers and administrators to read and study. I just don't know, like in terms of legalities, like if that would be a conflict if it's our budget buying it for them rather than like their employers approving it to be given to them or purchasing it for them. So just one thing I want to bring up there. I would assume we would like, you know, obviously talk, like talk to them first, you know, like we would, <laughs> we're not just going to buy them and give them right. Like it would be like a, something we would do in tandem with them, but you know how tight school budgets are. So that's why I was worried that, you know, asking them to buy these books would probably be like a big lift. So that's just some thoughts I was having. I think Wangui had her hand up real quick. Uh, this is Wangui for purposes of recording. And I want to express my feeling of sadness as is here relating this incident. And also relating because uh, even as of right now, Africa is still under oppression. And so... I do relate to that. And then I relocated to the U.S. where by default I am identified African-American. So I get that too. And then also as an immigrant. That being said, I wonder whether probably you guys have already spoken to the diversity office at the district level, or probably you will. And my other question is whether the indigenous peoples have a, a cultural liaison 
in the school district because I do know the ones that we have for various cultural groups, for example, Arabic, Latinx, we've been getting them recently and it's been a lot of pushing to get those. So I'm curious whether there are some from the indigenous people's communities. And the other committee that has been getting equity uh, um, things done is the equity committee in the school district. So I'm curious whether you've already spoken to them or you're planning to, or yeah, I yield. Was that a question, Wangui? Oh, yeah. You wanted to know if I had spoken to the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee? Was that? Yeah, we're in the school district. Oh, yeah. Well, this is what surprises me. Um, they actually uh, asked to meet with me maybe, I don't even know if it was like, I can't remember, like eight months to a year ago um, because they wanted to do better um, for, you know, Indigenous folks in the district. And I had talked to them about getting this book, actually, um, and uh, given them some feedback about my experiences in this district with my children. And uh, I thought they took it to heart. And, you know, then this happens. And I'm very confused by that. And then also what's confusing is these teachers have access to a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee. So why didn't they access this committee and ask them, is this okay to do? Or like get a consultant and then obviously, because the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee knows who I am, and I'm literally a parent at that school, I could have consulted with the teacher and made sure that this was done in the right way. You know, I would have brought in, uh, you know, drummers to actually drum and then taught them, taught the children how to do a round dance, which is a secular activity, which is okay to do. So, um, you know, like, this is what is quite surprising to me. So not only do I want like these teachers to get these like trainings, but I don't know what system right now is set up in this school, but obviously the teachers like have free reign and they don't even have to like check in with anybody on what they're doing. And that is very concerning. Um, so Captain, I'm curious, do you know if this is the first time this teacher specifically has done this or is this something that's been going on for a while? Do you have any idea? I mean, as far as I know, in that school, I mean, I have, I, I mean, I think this is the first, I mean, this is the first time they've actually brought in like, you know, I mean, that I know of since I, mm -hmm. my kids have been going to the, you know, the elementary school, an indigenous author, you know, to read a book like this was quite unique. So, you know, I, I don't think this is something that's been going on like year after year. So we'll go ahead. Um, this is Commissioner Lauren, a couple of things. First of what grade? um was this grade one and two okay um now i know i'm thinking about i'm talking about high school age but my my daughter went to liberty and, and they actually had a cultural event where um it was an indigenous population that came in did the dance and they were you know discussing you know about the culture so it's they know that it's there it's been done in within the school district so the fact that it's not shared amongst the other schools and grades is kind of alarming, you know, but, but yeah, it's, it's been done within the last four years. So, yeah. 
Ms. Commissioner Johnson, was that about, was that the pretty much the extent of the conversation that you had with the teacher? Just wondering. Yeah, uh, you know, I was in a pretty bad mood, so I didn't, I, I'm not, I'm not about burning bridges. I was polite. Um, and I just, you know, said, hey, like, I don't know if that was culturally appropriate. Where did you get this from? And she said, I know some natives in Chicago. I don't know what that meant. Um, and I said, okay, well, uh, we should probably talk more about this. And, um, you know, I, I have some things to say, um, but I'll get back to you because I didn't want to you know, it was just, it was a weird moment. Um, and then I went and spoke to the principal right after that and told the principal that it was very upsetting. And that's Chris uh, Pisarek. And he's been very helpful. Um, I've emailed him twice now. The first time I asked him to email the teacher to ask like what, like, like to, to get more info, uh, like on like what was used, like the material. Cause I, I think I can't quite remember what I had asked, but um he came back with these two pages from this book, like excerpts from this book that she had um, referenced. Um, and the book itself is problematic. Um, and so like, it's just like, just because there's something is written in a book, it doesn't mean it's okay. Like there's a lot of problematic stuff out there in books um, concerning indigenous peoples um, in particular, you know, because of, you know, romanticization, tokenization, whatever, what have you, even if it's an indigenous author themselves, like, you know, we've, everybody knows, like, there are people that have very different viewpoints on things um, and are willing to sell out their culture very easy. Um, so there was like these excerpts from a book. Um, so I figured out, cause I wanted, to, oh, I wanted to know what they were saying. Um, and in the book, it's like, it tells them they can just kind of like make something up essentially. Um, and then, um, the next email was concerning how, like, cause the video, because my daughter had mentioned they'd watch this powwow video, which I found also disturbing because like, why, why would they, why were they showed a powwow video? Like why, why obviously was because the teacher was trying to create a powwow and not knowing that that's really not okay to just do in a vacuum. You don't just do that in a vacuum, you know? Um, so that's, that's the extent of the conversations I've had. Yeah. Thank you. Go ahead, Marie. I would also want to add, we, I would also want to find out because I heard circles are also used in the school district, just finding out whether it's cultural uh, misappropriation and how it's being done. But uh, right now it's for me, it's just at the level that I've had they're being used. So digging deeper and finding out the truth of this and how. Marie? Yeah. Uh, Commissioner Krebs here. I have several things to say. Mm -hmm. um, First, I'd like to point out uh, the American Indian Religious Freedom Act was established in 1978. That's the year I was born. So indigenous peoples have only, have only been legally practicing their ceremonies for 44 years. So that's that's one thing we need to think about. So to, to see a school you know, play Indian when 
indigenous people have only been able to legally practice their ceremonies for 44 years is just rude. Um, and then when I watched the video, I was I was really um, upset, um, particularly because right now the Indian Child Welfare Act is possibly about to be dismantled. Um, that protects indigenous children. Uh, also passed in 1978, the year I was born. Before that, it was completely legal to traffic our children. Um, so as I watch these children, and again, this has nothing to do with the children, right? Their children. But as I watch the children come out playing, Indian, I think of these things. Um, so just one thing that you should consider, imagine if the federal government came through Iowa City and took up to 85% of our children. That's what the Indian Child Welfare Act helps to protect. Our children were literally taken. So, so these are things I think this, the. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, why the teacher thought this was a good idea, but I think that they're, we, they, they need an educational piece. It's, I can't believe that it's, uh, it hasn't happened already. Also, just so you know, um, here's a picture of me and my, my children, my two boys. Um, this is my son who was on the Redskins team about three years ago. So that was, that was great. Um, so we do have problems in the community, just so you're aware. Ms. Commissioner Johnson, quick question about the dismantling of uh, what you, you were just saying that they're, the trafficking of children is about to be, that's there. So there was an argument that was brought to the Supreme Court. Um, uh, from what I understand, it's a white couple. They're basically saying this is uh, this indigenous, the Indian Child Welfare Act, which protects our children, is like reverse racism. So essentially, when children um, go into the system, they 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 try their very best to keep them with their people. Okay, um, so this couple is saying this is basically essentially reverse racism. This should not be a thing. Um, and then I won't even get into the conflict of interest surrounding the, uh, the attorneys on the case, but anyways, um, so if the Supreme court, uh, decides that, that, uh, the Indian child welfare act should in fact be dismantled, we will no longer have those protections. So that means that the children can be trafficked again. So they can give the children to anyone that, you know, so. I think the term, tra you might be getting the term traffic. Here. Yeah, we should clarify trafficking. So, so essentially children were taken. Uh, this is, uh, so I'm talking about the boarding school era. Um, they were taken from their families, placed in boarding schools. But what happened to them after that? A lot of them are buried at the boarding schools. We haven't even brought these children home uh, to their people. 
Um, and I think what uh, I think Commissioner Krebs is using the term trafficked. Uh, we're not necessarily talking about sex trafficking. We're talking about being trafficked through um, governmental systems like, you know, social welfare systems, you know, child protection acts, whatever, what have you. Um, because for a very, very long time, um, this government has made it a massive effort to specifically take Indigenous children from Indigenous families and place them within white homes or, um, you know, uh, I, Mormon homes. Mormons have a real fetish for Indigenous children. And so because it's in their belief system that we're the 13th tribe of Israel. And um, like that's that we we see that as a form of trafficking. In fact, every year uh, the city of Sioux in the city of Sioux City, um, there is a march to honor lost children. It's not to honor children that have passed away. It's to honor children that have literally been stolen from us through governmental social welfare systems. So after boarding schools, after the boarding schools were shut down. Um, what took their place was, you know, child welfare systems in this country. The Indian Child Welfare Act was put into place to stop that, like essentially to protect um, Indigenous communities from having their children, um, you know, completely removed from their communities. It basically gives tribal nations a say first in what happens to children that are being removed from Indigenous families so that they're placed within a community context or like within a, you know, a tribal home before they're taken out uh, and put into, you know, uh, white homes or, what you know, whatever homes. Um, and so... Um, that's that's what I think we're re Commissioner C C Commissioner Krebs is saying in terms of trafficking. It's it's it is a form of trafficking. Thank you. I would I even argue that it was trafficking. Uh, even there, were, I'm sure there were people who were buying. You know, there are actually bills of sale for children who were abandoned. And um, what are these people doing with these children? So so yes. I would even say that there there was an element of even. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, And that, too. And you're very right. Yeah, that is so true. I mean, you could buy kid, native kids for like 10 bucks, not too like what I can't even remember how long ago that was, maybe like 80 years ago. Mm. And then like what happens to these children? Yeah, that's that's a huge question. Um, right now, um, indigenous peoples um, in many states um, have the highest concentration rates of um, being trafficked, sex, sex trafficked um, in this in this country, like in, in various states. So, um, yeah, th there is a link between being in these, you know, foster care systems and uh, being adopted by, you know, whatever these families, uh, you know, or whatever, um, and then ending up um, in uh I guess, uh, what's the word, vulnerable situations uh, that lead to, you know, even worse, even worse uh, situations. I appreciate the clarification. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I just like to say that um, this is something that I want to be on further agendas. We have more meetings because this is not the first time that I've heard something about the Iowa City Community School District with different discrimination things and different things like that. And it's just, it's been indigenous people. It's been African-Americans. It's been Latino people. It's, this is not the first time that I've heard of this. And I also will also say that 
it is very sad and heartbreaking when I listen to the stories about it because um, I'm not going to do ranking or who's a, the most perse- persecuted people in this country, but you can put one, two, or three, and you can rank them any order you want to with African-Americans and indigenous people. You can, who's been the most persecuted. So I definitely understand the sentiment, especially with the trafficking thing. I do understand that as well because, you know, as a as an African American, I the the trafficking thing. I I I definitely been seeing that, and especially the part you know putting them in foster care. You know, it's it's a lot of things that I see with that. You know, with people just of color in general, and this is the things that I. This is another. This is a thing that I don't want to go off the agenda. Um, and I do wish that we can get to a point to where we can address the Iowa City Community School District or maybe have them come down and sit down. Let's talk about it. I don't know. We need to get to a point because this is not the first time I've heard of things like this, especially especially in the last couple of years. You know, it's been a lot of incidents with African-Americans. And, you know, I've, I've seen incidents where that happened where people of color, you know, they had incidents with teachers and teachers did inappropriate things. And the only solution that they would have is to relocate the teacher, not get rid of the teacher, not discipline the teacher. They would relocate them to a different school or they would still be employed. So this is something that I want to keep on the agenda. Um, This is not, I don't want to let this go. This is so Chastity, I'm letting you know, we can keep, we need to discuss this more in more meetings because the Iowa city community school districts, they, at some points, they do a good job. My kids go to the, to that school district, but they need the racial and the discrimination and not understanding different cultures needs to be addressed. Yeah. I guess I would like to make a motion then um, that the um, Truth and Reconciliation Commission send a letter to the school district and ask for a meeting. Um, so let's, we'll send a letter like with, you know, after I get our materials together and write our letter, we can we can send a letter ourselves, maybe asking for a meeting with them so we can discuss this idea about getting these books. Um, and then, you know, go from there, I guess. So I don't I don't know if that's I don't know how to put that into emotion. So, yeah, yeah, we can. Um. I I think that like if we were to sort of send a letter, um, something would need to be drafted and then like read before the commission so that we can then send it to the school district. Spot on. Okay, um, so like a motion on. to how about you put the motion forward? Well, um, I, I wonder if we can just uh, you're so it sounds like you're um you're gonna work on writing a letter, and I wonder if, like um, uh, Commissioner Harris mentioned, uh, we talk about this, follow up on this, and at our next meeting, and then um, uh, like vote to approve that letter um, at at our second meeting this month. So um, I want to just piggyback off of that. Um, I I agree with that. I was wondering if maybe we would want to create a um, what am I trying to say? Not uh, a small group of us. Um, the word is losing me right now. Uh, <laughs> a committee. Uh, committee, a small committee. Um, so we can help move this forward. Um, Commissioner uh, 
uh, Commissioner Nobis, if that's okay with you, if you, um, we, we can't, as Commissioner Rivera said, we can't push anything right now until it comes back to this commission to, um, to be read before us first. And I understand that you want this to be, you want us to go a little bit faster with this. So, um, it's it's going to take a little bit of time, but maybe there's something we in this meeting we can say we can do right now. But the the letter is going we're going to have to have it approved at the next so, meeting. So can we vote to just write a letter? Can we um, start working on it? And then... are we allowed to uh... that? Or if, like if people yeah. are if people are willing to do it, I'm not sure that we need to vote on it. Yeah, I don't think we need to vote on it. But do we? Are we? Is it possible for us to just give approval now for whatever comes out of the letter, or do, does it have to come back to us? I mean, the problem or the potential problem with approving, I do not know. We need. We just want to be in the um, a letter without everybody seeing it is there's the potential for there to be statements or something in the in the letter that maybe not all nine of you agree with. And, and so by bringing a draft forth, it allows everybody to give their input, their insight. Um, and even if a majority of you, excuse me, even if there's a few of you who don't agree with the letter, as long as the majority passes the letter, then that's all that's needed. Are we, uh, I'm, I'm going to write a letter anyway. So like, I'm just going to like take some of that and just like turn it into like, I can just turn it into the truth TRC's own personal letter. And then if you, if anybody has quotes that they want to put in it, you know, please send them my way. I'll just have something for next Thursday if the, or the next meeting, if that's okay with everybody. Right. That was my question. I was like, are we allowed to like work on a letter like before the next meeting, like a Google Definitely. Doc letter or something or we something like that. If you do a Google Doc, it, the, the concern is if more than a quorum of you are on the Google Doc doing commission business, then that's a meeting. So, so if you do so, form a committee, it's best to have that committee be under that, be at or under four and work on it within a joint Google Doc. I, mean, I just propose that I'm writing a letter anyway. I'll just write a letter and present it at the next meeting. Okay. okay. Is that okay? Would you like any other help with anything else? Yeah, if I do, I'll definitely, I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to ask Commissioner Krebs to help me. If, if anything, I think it's appropriate that Commissioner Krebs and myself work on it. Okay. If Commissioner Krebs has the time. Oh, absolutely. Also, I think one of the most important things um, is to have backing because there's such a small population of indigenous people in town. And I know when I dealt with my son um, being on the Redskins team, I I didn't even get a, a call back. I didn't even get an email back and no one cared. Mm -hmm. So it's important to have that backing. Um, um, I, I would say that definitely, um... Just as being an African-American, I heard mentioned that when we talked about it, you know, how it's the same, it's similar to people coming to a school wearing blackface, you know, so. And, and I do want to point out, this yeah. is not the school district. Yeah, this I know was that, the I'm Red just... Zone League uh, football league. So oh, I want yeah. to make that clear. Yeah, yeah, it's still, yeah, is that. that still happening? I don't know. That was last year he played football. OK. okay. Um, I also want to note, like, the use of the R word um, is sort of like um, similar to the use of the N word, you know, like, we don't really use that. Like, I just want to make sure that people know that 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 word is not something that should be used 
if you're not talking about it, like in the context, like Commissioner Krebs is talking about it. Thank you for that clarification. Yeah. My um, suggestion in the drafting of the letter, and you can take it or leave it, um, but, you know, there is um, like verbal commitment from, you know, the school district in creating a DEI committee. There's um, commitments in, in within the city government um, to um, one, two commissions read a Native American land acknowledgement pushing for you know, reparations um, and justice along these lines. Um, the mayor every year for the last couple of years has proclaimed Indigenous, Indigenous Peoples Day. And so I, I think that it's important to kind of put a, re a request and, um, and recommendations in the context of um, the stated commitments that these bodies have made um, so that uh, we can just show them that like, you know, this is how you this is how you pursue um, the, the the things that you said that you would. But would you be so kind if if you have the time to like give me a, a paragraph on that? I can. Yep. Like, um, yeah, that would be really helpful. And that we're we're not like doing any. We don't have any quorum issues here with that, right? No. Mm -mm. Okay. And the last time I looked at the school districts vision and mission and the training of faculty in the district, the, the initial training for their work, there's cultural sensitivity and in the mission and then in the vision. So pulling that in, I, I'm thinking that could also go into the paragraph that uh, Commissioner Kevo is drafting. And so, um, Commissioner Novus, your um, idea is to send this letter directly to the school district or? Um... I think it'd be nice if we could send it to the school. Well, I, I don't know when the next school district meeting is. And it's unfortunate that we're getting into December because things are going to slow down and things are going to. I believe it's sure. Tuesday, second or yeah, third. They usually Tuesday. need the second and fourth. Tuesday second and fourth month, Tuesday. Usually, but, you know, that's always subject to change. But that's their regular schedule. So they would they meet on the 19th this no they wouldn't meet on the 26th no or sorry the not. 27th not the 26th we might be getting into january but um it, the next meeting if it's the second tuesday would be the 13th of december that would be before our meeting though yes no. so yeah i mean because it would be nice to present the meeting in per the letter in person to their next meeting so, so i guess we'll just have to send it so, so I feel like we need to find like um, a resolution to what we want to do and how we want to move forward. And that's what we need to kind of get. I'm not sure that a formal motion needs to be made at this point. Right, we will we'll, we'll continue the um, conversation. And um, I think specific people have specific action items that they're going to follow up on. I do have a couple of questions, though, um, since this could I, mean, I know our first action item um, is going to uh, for that you are putting forth is to send out that letter. But um, since we don't have the budget right now, I, I'm wondering if there's anything else that we can do. And, and we're still in the, in the limbo of waiting for city council um, or for the proposal and everything. Is it possible to bring in people that want to share their truths? Is that is it too early to do that? Um, 
since this is something, um, since we do have the platform, did you talk about this right now? Actually, you know, this is a really great idea because, um, like I said, there's another member of the community, Indigenous member of the community. Well, I have two members that could probably come and share their truths about this because uh, one of them witnessed something similar like this at another school in the district after the fry bread uh thing i i haven't had time like so this happened like two or three weeks ago but then i was traveling i just got back from chicago you know mm -hmm. it was native american heritage month so mm -hmm. for us that's like full on and you all know that we do truth giving so it's been a really hectic time for um for myself and our great plains action society so um we haven't had time to even truly like attend to this until like literally tonight um or like to talk to people like uh commissioner krebs you know um so I did talk to another Indigenous member of the community who said that they witnessed something like this at another school. So I think that it would be great um, to have um, herself and then also Daniel Velasquez, who was handing out the fry bread, who might have seen something. Um, and then also uh, this um, youth Indigenous youth um, that goes to um, one of the high schools uh, here. I think it's city high maybe I, I can't remember what school they go to but they've experienced been experiencing things like this for years um so i'm pretty sure as well like commissioner krebs might have some things to, to add um and maybe it's not just about the school district right like maybe it's just about the community in general like i mean the fact that there's like a, a team as of last year in this school in this city that you know is called the r word is like unbelievable to me unbelievable so yeah we could we could you know have something where we have indigenous folks come and talk about their experiences i mean like why not like it's not like the city's helping us with anything so like we might as well just move ahead and at least just have some people come talk since this incident is pre pretty much just bringing it up anyway right like I, I, I definitely agree that like, I mean, um, there's a lot of different targets for a message like the one that we're going to be, you know, sending. Um, and I think that the, you know, the base letter could have two recipients, one city council and two the um, school board. Um, and we can also vote at the same time next uh, meeting to like um, put out a press release saying mm -hmm. that we have you know, put out this letter and to educate the community on like briefly on what exactly the incident was and, you know, what um, these bodies should be doing about it. Right. I agree with that. I, that was the next thing I was thinking. We should talk to the media about this at some point. Um, and I also would like to say as a non-Indigenous Black woman, I would just love to be as much support as possible for our fellow commissioners um, that have dealt with this, um, you know, from like working from behind as an ally. So um, we we want to, as, as, a, as a Black woman who understands what it's like when people put too much on our, our on uh, put too much on us to deal with our own issues. If you do need help and you don't want to deal with it on your own, I just want to say that um, I would like to be there to help you as well. Thank you so much. It's why I came here. That's why I was really glad to be on the TRC because, um, you know, that's what we're here for. <laughs> so um, truly, I think the bulk of like our work, you know, we'll just be drafting this letter and putting together, you know, the evidence, if you will, but after that, you know, just working together as a team, 
um, moving forward with, you know, having, you know, uh, folks being able to testify and uh, meeting with like, you know, the city and the media, things like that. Like it would be very helpful if the TRC could help with things like that. Okay. Awesome. So is there a motion that we are coming to or we don't need a motion? Okay. So this will be an agenda item. We will next, yeah, we'll continue to be an agenda item until we deem it's not necessary anymore. Before we move on, I... I'm just thinking our city and our county, are we always going to be having these incidents? Because I'm remembering, I think a month ago, KCRG, I, these are, there are two cases going on and these are coming out of the U of I and Kirkwood mm. where the nurse, and one of the, I sent the article to you. Yeah, I read so, it. So in our jobs, you get those cases. Somebody just being very, they know they can just, uh, even if you're trained up to whatever level, just tell you you're deficient and they know they, are you talking they'll about, get away with it. Are you talking about the one where they lowered the lady's caseload and they wouldn't let her have? Yeah, yeah I it's read about going that. on. And then the other, the Kirkwood and the U of I professor goes, remove that thing from the top of your head and and the 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 schools think that's okay so now with this case um will we just be having this just each case and going on and to court and uh and not thinking it's just easier to be culturally sensitive and and the trainings that are going on in the school district, the people that are being trained, they, they've started training themselves, but not really being serious. Things don't leave, at least to me, changing at a very low pace. Thank you. Well, it seems like we have um, some action items. Are we ready to move on? I did realize that I did not open this topic up for public, so I will go ahead and do that now. If there's anyone in the public that would like to um, comment on what we just discussed, uh, we'll go online first. Please raise your hand. And um, since there's no one raising their hand, we'll go to in the room. And now we'll move on to agenda item number seven. Um, and it's books and materials sent by Divided Community Project. Um, Commissioner Troy, um, Muhammad wanted to uh, bring this topic up. So I'm gonna let you start the discussion. Okay, so for me on these materials, um, we received a few different things lately. One, um, a practical guide to planning collaborative initiatives to advance racial equity. That was from the Divided Community Project. Um, and then we've also received colorizing restorative justice. Um, so these two sets of materials, since we haven't really been meeting a lot lately, and I did also see the agenda item for uh, moving to monthly meetings rather than biweekly. And as we're also talking about getting this whole budget approved and going forward to next steps, um, I just don't wanna not really be doing anything at all in terms of the education piece in the meantime. Um, just making it easier to hit the ground running uh, when things get started. 
but also because these materials have been sent to us from some of the only people that have really been paying attention and uh, putting something in for this uh, outside of the commission members this entire time. Just wanted to make sure we were respecting that contribution and at least looking at this information. Um, as an example here, since I did have this shared, I don't think I can share my screen right now, but- um, Give me a second and I can help you out there. There you go. Okay, there we go. So we look here at the Practical Guide to Planning Collaborative Initiatives to Advance Racial Equity. Um, so this one honestly really is, isn't even really that long. And if we were to look at going towards the first meeting in January at looking at this, so it starts on page three and it really, the conclusion is actually only one page. So it's about 51 pages in total. Uh, so if you think about a total of a little over 30 days uh, to be able to go through this, wouldn't really even be that much reading per day. And if you look at the amount of text per page uh, and the actual topics that it's covering. So I think this is a really good way to hit the ground running uh, when things get to the next steps, whether that's a budget getting passed uh, or not. Um, so especially with everything we're talking about today, with getting more involved in the schools, putting together action plans, et cetera. Uh, this is a great history on commissions such as this and things like it for instituting changes to advance racial equity, starting the healing and more. So it's all about commissions, councils, task forces, and really diving deep into the things that are important to get clear between all the different stakeholders and also lessons learned throughout these processes. So I just think it'd be a really good idea to look through this. Um, again, not every page is really even that long. Uh, a lot of like bullet point format and a lot of it, a lot of graphics. So. It's about 31 pages or so. Um, but yeah, I would hopefully just like to be able to talk about this in more detail if we're able to go through it in the meantime for the first meeting in January. And even if people are wanting to cover it together, um, I'm even happy to put together Zoom meetings between smaller sets of commissioners to review it together um, in pieces. If one half the commission wanted to focus on half and the other half wanted to focus on the other, and then come together and educate each other could do it that way too just want to throw those ideas out there and see what you all think yeah um i just want to sort of emphasize um the relevance of the um practical guide um the spiral bound that we have um because we're mentioned on page 18. that's what we just there's a, the sentence reads, some appointing authorities select all persons of color, for example, Californians, California's Reparations Task Force, Iowa City Truth uh, and Reconciliation Committee, Commission and the NYC Racial Justice Commission. And so um, certainly like this, this, uh, this has been written um, with commissions like ours in mind. And, uh, and so I think just flipping through it, um, thanks for the reminder, uh, Commissioner Traore, that, that we have this available. And um, I agree that... Um, uh, when we have the resources and tools to help us, uh, we should be use, like, using them and there should be a personal commitment uh, for that as well. Well, so um, I agree with you um, and thank you again, um, Commissioner Traore, for bringing this back to our attention. Um, and I also want to be respectful of people that are going to be observing any holidays in the next month. Um, and if you simply just don't have as much time to read the whole thing, even though I do 
see how you did point out it's not as much um there's not as much words on each page um is it possible that we can say that by the next meeting at the first of of next month in january can't believe it's almost january that we would at least be able to discuss half of that um reading just to make it a little bit easier or I think that's a little bit more fair. Um, if you can make it past that, that's great. I'm going to definitely try to do that. And I also, as has already been encouraged, encourage everyone to try to reach out to each other and just kind of discuss it amongst ourselves throughout that time as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I have it at home and I can definitely start working on reading. Mm -hmm. I have it at home and I just, I didn't, what he just pointed out, we are mentioned page 18 and I didn't realize that I have the book at home and I'm going to definitely start reading it. So, Okay. So we will try to, um, we'll have it as an agenda item for the first uh, meeting of January. If everyone's in agreement, I don't think we need to vote on this. Um, and then we'll, after this one, we'll work on the other book that we received if that's okay with everyone. Yeah. Thank you, Mohammed. Is there any other discussion on this topic? I just wanted to say that I appreciate the book uh, in my toolkit because as faculty, I teach racial justice, racial justice and research on it and publish on it. So I appreciate another the this book, especially because it's very hands on. And of course, there is that piece that we uh, mentioned there and in the California task force, a fellow Counselor educator is in that one too, was in that one. They concluded. Yeah. Thank you. If there's no one else, we'll move on to the next agenda item. Um, and I will open up for public comment for final proposal for facilitator services sent on November 21st. Anyone online that would like to comment on this agenda item? Anyone in the room that would like to comment? Okay, commissioners, any thoughts on our final proposal? Hi, uh, this is uh, Commissioner Merritt. Um, unfortunately, due to, due to the timing of when it received by the city and um, what it's gonna have to do before it even can get to the city council, um, it's gonna be you know January, February before even it's even ready to get to the city council. So um, do you have an idea, um, Stephanie, at all, what time you think this could be in front the earliest? I, I, I don't. So city staff received it on November 20th. Mm -hmm. So we are meeting the week of December 12th um, to go over it. Um, and I should have, you know, more specific details and hopefully a better timeline for the TRC after that. Uh, initial meeting but in terms of some of the things that that we have to do is we have to go through there's um you know there's a uh, collaboration of several different organizations so um defining the scope services and deliverables of of each of those um separate entities um creating agreements that are agreeable to to the parties involved also looking at the the demands um, within the uh, proposal in terms of what resources the city has, what resources the city doesn't have, and what we will do to to bring those resources in. And, um, you know, based upon that, uh, presenting the, the full 
proposal to to the city council for their consideration. Can I ask um, who is involved in all of that um, pre-council so, work? So it would be um, the Office of Human Rights, the city manager's office, and the city attorney's office. So encouraging that, I mean, the proposal has been put forward and people are working on it, right? Um, so not nothing is being done. Mm -hmm. The last time we put something in front of city council, it took how much, like at least a month or two to get in front of them. Is that correct? Um, I, I, I mean, I would have to, I, I don't want to just say that. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I, I will say this proposal is a lot different than the other proposals the TRC has received. The the first facilitator was one person. Right. Um, and then the second proposal was one firm that had actually responded to an RFP. And so th some of those deliverables and some of those resources were were clearly defined as a part of the RFP that they submitted. And so this, this proposal is not quite identical to proposals that the TRC has received in the past. So that makes sense. Um, any other? Commissioner Traore has his hand up. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, no problem. Um, I just wanted to bring up on the um, proposal side and the whole thing about that getting passed. So that's also part of why I just wanted to push on the education pieces in the meantime, since we don't really know when this is going to get passed or if it will be. And also just wanted to remind everyone in case you weren't all aware, uh, we do also lose um, technically a city council member um, after the end of this month. So uh, council member Weiner, so she's done after December and moving on. Um, so also the piece of there's the potential that this is only voted on by six councilors rather than seven. So I also want to have us all keep that in mind um, and just keep doing what we can in the meantime to just make sure we're advancing the work of the commission as much as possible. Um, and I don't know if that changes things or considerations or how we approach the next steps or next weeks for anyone else, but just wanted to make sure uh, you were all aware of that. Mm -hmm. If I thought that they would be um, self-appointing a, a person to replace um, Councilwoman Reiner. Yeah, um, I did speak to a few of the council members. And so it's actually an open application process. And then out of the applicants, um, someone is selected. So I was also told that um, after just like getting some assurances that this is actually going to be available in multiple languages. So more people have opportunities to even go for this since it's not a true election, but rather an appointment. Um, but with that comes the factor of the more people that do apply, uh, the longer this process potentially takes. So I don't know how many people are going to apply, but I know of at least two or three people that are going to apply or already have. So, okay. And the earliest they, you know, have things even open or close to being closed is sometime mid-December, I think. Right. Mid-January, sorry. And that's all I have. Any other um, discussion on this agenda item? Um, there's... Um... Oh, and yes, go ahead. Uh, yeah, thanks. This is B. Fix My Rise. I just wanted to uh, speak to the commission and just say that, you know, we... 
as the uh, proposal team are really committed to the proposal. And so, you know, want to be as responsive as possible to whatever the city um, has to kind of jump through those hoops. Uh, we're all very, you know, versed, very well versed in contracting and all of that kind of thing. So just wanted to reassure you that, you know, we will be as responsive as possible. And, um, you know, the city can do this and, um, we're, we're just very excited. And so I just wanted to kind of <clears throat> speak to that and, and let you know that we're here. We've been here, we're going to remain here and um, we'll be as responsive as we can knowing that, you know, this is obviously pressing and very urgent. Um, and also I just personally wanted to say, um, you know, just to throw my full weight behind all of the things that you were talking about with um, commissioner Nobis and, you know, fully supporting any of the things that you need to address immediately um, having, you know, people come and speak and it doesn't have to wait. Nobody wants to be told to wait. And so um, just wanted to support you all in that too. Um, and thank you for continuing to do the work. Um, it's certainly, you know, time well spent. And I know that you're not just sitting there twiddling your thumbs, you're learning, you're, you're growing and you're addressing community needs. So um, just wanted to say that personally, but also just wanted to reiterate that like we're here and we're ready to respond to whatever the city's questions, you know, legal issues, whatever, we're ready to work through it. So um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. If there's no other discussion, I'm gonna move on to the next agenda item. Okay, uh, the next agenda item is vote to change the bi-monthly meetings to once a month. I'll first open up to public discussion online. Public discussion in um, in the room. Okay, I'll start off by saying the reason why I put this on the agenda because uh, the last few sessions um, before we um, came back, uh, we had been talking about we should move to once a month. Um, so that's literally the only reason why we have this agenda item, but I would love to hear other commissioners' thoughts on this. Go ahead. Um, my thought on it is that um, I don't want to move to once a month, um, especially with the issues that we discussed this evening um, with the indigenous thing and the school district thing. We need to keep that. I don't want that to go away. And, and <laughs> I, I, I don't want that to go away. And uh, I, I And I think that we need to talk about that more. And then with the uncertainty about what our budget is going to be, um, we need to have discussions about if we can actually find a way to bring people in and talk without until our budget gets done. We need to keep, because that that's the thing that I don't want to let that go away because just listening to, you know, when we was on that item number, that which was number six, that was just heartbreaking to hear it. And I think we need to just keep that up. And I think we need to talk about that more. And I, I and I'd definitely be willing to engage that because it's, it's not only just one community, you know, it's a lot of communities of color that have dealt with things in the Iowa city community school district. And it's just, that's, that's something that that's kind of what I believe is our charge is to, to deal with those things like that, to make recommendations and talk to people and listen to people. Unfortunately, we have to go through the loopholes with the city to get the budget approved, but we need to have discussions about how to find a way to be able to listen to these people and get the the testimony that we need. And so that's my opinion on it. And I don't want to move to monthly, not at this point. And then also we got to remember too, that we had to get an extended mandate and that's going to end in June of this, of 2023. And that's going to end and we're going to run out of time. 
So I don't want to cut short that time that we have to discuss the things unless we're going to go and get a different mandate to extend it some more. And, and, and that's my only thing. So if we if we get if we have more time, then I would say, hey, we can switch to monthly. But we're running out of time. You know, the snow is going to melt real soon. It'll be June and going to be out of time. Thank you. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but we did add that as um, part of the proposal that we would ask for an extension. Okay. okay it, is that okay. correct? No, okay. So we this, did. Yeah, we did add. Okay, it, okay. We will be asking for that. So that extension okay, should go you. through 2024, if I believe correctly. Okay. I just don't want to run out of time. No, I, I completely agree with you. I'm going to go to Commissioner Nobis, who has her hand raised. Yeah. Um, Back when we were going through all the drama um, and, you know, the, you know, the basically people like literally trying to like, you know, you know, decommission us essentially, um, you know, I was all for these once a month meetings because I like couldn't handle it, um, you know, and it felt like things were not getting done, um, but um like the the idea of doing once a month now feels counter to like it seems like we're we're just going to slow ourselves down because it feels like we might just get some momentum now if we can get this budget through you know like then we can start doing some stuff so i you know i think we should stick with twice a month i would just oh go ahead yeah i i probably wouldn't vote uh to go to once monthly meetings at this point. Um, the only sort of best um, solution uh, or replacement for uh, twice monthly meetings would be if there was a commitment of commissioners th to meet in subcommittees on that uh, like other um, Thursday of the month or at least one other time so that um, more action could be done in a subcommittee format. Um, but at this point, like uh, others have mentioned, I think that we're showing um, how like the uniqueness of the TRC and, and um, currently and in, in its ability to um, respond to urgent like community requests and things like this. Um, certainly, uh, as um, you chair have been doing, I, I think that it's appropriate. Um, like if there's nothing that's going to be on an agenda, like if no one's suggesting agenda items to you, then canceling a meeting is always an option. Um, but uh, at this point, um, let's go ahead and. Uh, continue bi-monthly as, as scheduled. Um, and and then once we have facilitators and once we get into the motion of things, we have a completely new rhythm and vibe and, and then we, we, can we, we can determine again um, if a change in the scheduling needs to be done. I want to go to Lauren. Um, it's Commissioner uh, Merritt. One thing about um, having the bi-weekly or, bi or whatever else meetings is that it's not like a full two weeks of work that can be done before the meeting because an agenda has to, information has to get to Stephanie to post so many days ahead of time. So it really ends up being one week of action. And I don't know if that really is enough time to do some of the things we want to do in between the um, the meetings. But I, I do agree. I think if we had, you know, designated, like subcommittees, they're actually doing some of these work act, um, uh, work items in between uh, the time. And if we have information to present on a third, you know, the, the third Thursday, 
we do that. But I, it's going to be very difficult to get some of the stuff done in one week and in time to present to have an agenda posted. And that's only my concern. Right. As a response to that, right, we've already discussed an example of how um, we benefit from um, twice monthly meetings with the with agenda item number six today. Um, and so we've already identified action items in this meeting for people to follow up on, um, and those will be presented um, at our next meeting. Um, if we didn't have bi-monthly meetings, then we wouldn't be able to vote on a letter until January, um, which I think right. would be too long. And, and I do agree that we need to do more subcommittee people. We need to do more meeting outside of, you know, subcommittee meetings. I, I do. I I can say that I haven't been doing a good job of it myself. So we need to do more, you know, smaller group meetings. That's I mean, I, I don't think you should blame yourself for that, though. Like, that's. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing's just been such a mess. Like, it. Like, once we get, our, you know, a budget approved and have like our um, consultants, like, yeah, of course, like subcommittee meetings and action items, like those are going to be easy because it's going to be laid out for us. And we're going to have a plan. Um, you know, we're going to move forward with intentionality. Like right now, we're still sitting here trying to get a budget passed two years later, right? So, um, I mean, I understand, like. You know, and and I just don't think anybody should feel bad that we haven't had um, many subcommittee meetings going on because we literally don't even know what we're allowed to do or what, what, we're, what we can and can't do at this point because we've been waiting in a holding pattern for so long. So, you know, I'm I think we should stick to the two meetings a month <clears throat> until we, you know, get our budget and then we'll have like more action items. And then, yeah, we can definitely go into like, you know, subcommittee meetings once a month and uh you know f full meetings once a month or sorry to, you know you know what i'm trying to say and <laughs> it's not no offense to you know any commissioners here but it's, it's you know it's certain commissioners here that are, we are definitely ready to see a budget get passed we mm -hmm. we've been in here for the, the long haul you know like it's been you know it's you know it, you know it's new commissioners which i respect you know and they're trying to you know get the gist of what's been going on but it's been you know a long time you know we need to get that passed and we need to get action going. And that's why I I failed to realize that, you know, in our proposal that we did get the ascension because we're definitely going to need that because it just feel like we didn't have enough time to do anything with all this wrestling and other stuff that we did. And I, I just, you know, so <laughs> with that, I'm going to Commissioner Johnson, um, I, uh, I've always believed that we need to have our... I think we need to be as constant as possible. I wish we were being advertised more, to be honest. Yeah. I feel like every one of the things I imagined when we joined on here was that every if we were being advertised by the city and the city was taking us seriously, I, I want to say uh, if we had more of an opportunity to reach out to the public and give public the opportunities like what took place on agenda item number six. And it's incidents like that happen all the time. That's also one of the reasons why I always said we should always have a truth and reconciliation commission. There's always going to be issues. There's always going to be things that we need to make sure that we stand up for people when they do need us. Because for one, we are all minorities who have been there, done that, and understand what it's like to have someone uh, or have things put against you. And you need a voice and you need champions to help you out in the process of that. I, I think when momentum starts moving, I... Let's keep it rolling. I mean, I'm very busy myself. I have a lot of things to do as well. Trust and believe. However, 
I repeat the same thing I've said time and time again. We are doing something that's so important. It is so helpful for the future. And it might be, I mean, we might not see the actual super duper impacts of everything, but later on down the line, it it makes me think of people like Muhammad Ali uh, or Muhammad Ali, uh, uh, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, people like that. They stepped in before us and they made it so we're able to have this commission right now. Mm-hmm. We might not feel it completely and it might be hard on us, but we have such an important role to make it three times easier for, if not infinitely more, for our children down the line, period. So I would like to stick to it as much as possible. And I mean, uh, when it comes down to sub uh, committees and everything like that, just let me know. I'll do the best I can to make it there. That's all there is to it. So, yeah. If I just um, could just add in, I hear what everyone's saying and um, obviously we'll go with whatever what the commission is agreeing with. I, I still think that we could get so much done with subcommittees. And if we were able to free up, if not this month or the next month, one, the second um, Thursday, that would give us a little bit more time because we are tied to the quorum and it does hinder us in some ways um, at times. And it would be nice to be able to do some actions out in the community. Um, but I do hear what you all are saying and it could be beneficial right now. I also hesitate to do too much since we don't know what we can do yet, since we are tied to the proposal and we're tied to whatever the the city council says we can do. Um, I'm all of, I'm definitely on board for doing whatever we can beforehand. Definitely am, am tired of sitting here twiddling my thumbs like people have said already. Um, but um, yeah, those are just my thoughts. So I think uh, Commissioner uh, Wangui wanted to say something. Were you going to? No, I just wanted to piggyback on what Commissioner Cliff has said about uh, it may look as if nothing is happening, but already our our commissioner has been put in print by someone. And thinking back uh, to what Commissioner Sakawis have presented with Mary uh, about this incident, when my children were going to school in the Iowa City School District, I'm just wishing I had a commission like this to come to when my daughter uh, in the locker rooms and in the whole building in City High School, when she ran cross country, uh, somebody came and told her she just went to the pictures and cut off her head. Yes, it's pictures. That's what the police told me, that no crime had been committed. Mm -hmm. But... I said I want it on record anyway, because I do not know whoever has done all that may actually do something worse. So I wished I um that time we didn't have TRC. So it was the police and I told them I wanted them to thank God the, the person didn't do anything else or the people. And I went to the office, uh, the principal's office. They like all the other, what I perceive as racist incidences, it was dismissed and she survived to serve in the district to in this kind of things. Yeah, that's what I wanted to add that the we're doing something and you see it in the future. And I'm glad we have TRC to talk about incidents like like Commissioner Sakawi's brought to us. 
Okay, so it seems like we're going to stick to our bi-monthly meetings until further notice um, so that we can continue um, working and get this momentum that Commissioner Novus um, mentioned. Is there any other discussion on this topic? I will say that, that I, I would, um, oh, we do have um, someone in the audience. Go ahead. Sorry, yeah, be fixed my rise. I just wanted to add because um, Commissioner Harris brought this up about the extension of the commission being in the proposal. And this is a side note, and it just reminded me that I forgot to ask if the commission is going to formally ask for that or if it's going to stay in the proposal. And I realize this is a little bit of a derail, but since he brought that up, I, I just wanted to point that out. That um, Is the there an official ask for it or... The recommendation was voted on at our last in-person meeting, and it's in it's in the October twentieth minute notes. So the TRC recommends that City Council extend the time frame for the TRC um, until December thirty first, twenty twenty four. So that recommendation has been made. I, I don't know what else, what other force we can put behind it. Um, so it's up to them. And the reason I was okay. asking because I wasn't at that meeting. So and at that okay, declared. great, <laughs> got it. Thank you so much. I, I apologize. Just wanted to I double check on that. You. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll do. Okay, well, um, before we move over, I'll move on to the next agenda item. I would, I, I would suggest that we all take time to think about if we want to do future subcommittees, um, what those ideas could be. Maybe we can talk about in the coming um, meetings and actually try to jumpstart that as we're waiting for the next steps. Yeah, uh, just reach out and we can figure it out. That's, yeah. That's Okay, so the next agenda item is announcement from uh, staff and commissioners. I'll uh, let Stephanie go first. Okay. All right. And just reminder, you're not allowed to engage with each other in these announcements. Go ahead. Um, so I can go first with my announcement. Um, I'm formulating some things and I'm working on some things. Um, I've realized um, in the past month or two, especially with the cold weather coming around, that um, in the city, I was city, we have a serious problem with homelessness. And I'm going to be working on that on my own, maybe even um, trying to formulate some type of I'm going to work with some different entities. Um, I'm also going to go about it the formal way to get um, the issue of homelessness in Iowa City on the agenda, because I do want to talk about it, because if you drive around Iowa City, um, especially in certain neighborhoods, you can see it's definitely a problem. Um, the. Um, city and the county have done what they can do with the funding but i think that more needs to be done um they have certain rules and certain things they have to follow but it's really becoming a problem um it's something that i see it breaks my heart when i see it you know to be honest with you when i see people sleeping at bus stops or you know i see people sleeping outside or sleeping on the ground um and i know people have problems in their life that may cause them to get in those situations but we, uh, as far as I know, Iowa City is a compassionate community, um, and we need to we need to address that some more. So, so that's my announcement. If you see me working more with homeless people in the future, um, just expect that, and I'm going to be pushing that agenda because it, it's just in a place like this, it just shouldn't happen like the, the way it is. You know, with all the resources that's around, it just shouldn't be the way it is. With if you're going Southgate, you know the Shelter House has so many facilities that can help people, but it's just a combination of homelessness and substance abuse and a whole bunch of other things that just needs to be solved and needs to be talked about. And it's kind of similar to what we talked about, what's going on in the school districts. Um, it's things that's being ignored. 
So with that, I yield. Go ahead. Uh, this is Commissioner Johnson. I wanted to say uh, congratulations to Senator Weiner. Uh, I appreciate her and the times that she is, uh, that I've known her and, and seen her work and what she has done for us uh, here with the TRC as well. Uh, and I wish her nothing but the best of luck. Uh, other than that, I I would like to address, I'm, I'm still, I talk with a lot of kids and I'm still dealing with some issues with kids with uh, a lot of these fights in school that are getting ridiculously dangerously violent and just, they're horrible. And uh, I would like to put something on the agenda item to attack that a little bit more and uh, on a constant basis, because I, nothing bothers me more than to hear one of my kids to feel the fear of death just to go to school. Because when I talk to them and they say things about how they're doing great in school and they're doing well and they want to continue, and they tell me about all these crazy dangerous situations that just keep getting thrown at them, I can't imagine how you could get good grades like that. And there, there, that has to be addressed in a more positive and productive way. Um, and uh, I, I, I have some thoughts and ideas where I could possibly help, but I mean, I'm all open to it, but I, I really want to kind of tackle into this a little bit more if I can. So uh, only other thing I got is uh, I hope everybody had a happy holidays and uh, hope it next holidays, same. So that's it with me. Commissioner Dillard, um, I have two announcements. Um, one is um, professionally from my organization, the Neighborhood Centers of Johnson County. I'd love to invite all of you to our Cocoa and Cookies event next week. It's a open house. It's going to be fun. Um, and we're doing it to, it's going to be our 50th anniversary next year in 2023. 50 years of working with um, so many marginalized communities um, in this area. Um, and also uh, introducing everyone to our newest executive and associate director. If you remember, they are the first for this organization, um, a black power a power duo, um, two black women in um, leadership roles. And uh, we would like to argue the first in um, this community. Um, and just, just want to celebrate all of that with people in the community um, as we um, share a new vision of what we're, what we hope to accomplish in the next 50 years. Um, and the second one is more personal. I'm going to be doing another um, uh, what do you call it? Theater performance? Yes. A cabaret, um, the 15th, 16th, and I believe the 18th. Um, if you would like more information, I can give it to you. It's going to be at the James Theater and it is a Christmas cabaret. It's, it's fun. So, so what day is the Cocoa and Cookies? So um, the Cocoa and Cookies event is October 9th from 4.30 to 6.30. It's at our Pheasant Ridge Neighborhood Center, 2651 Roberts Road. Um, I can send you all more information. October. Did I say October? Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm sitting here very seriously saying October, December. Uh, it's already December. Des December. December 9th. It's next Friday. Okay, next, uh, next Friday, December 9th, 430 to 630. Okay, the Pheasant Ridge Neighborhood Center. Um, we will have a hot cocoa bar and cookies and it'll just be a fun time. So that's all I have.
Um, as we've talked a lot about um, uh, the school system here in Iowa City Community School, school District, um, there's a lot of conversations at the state level about um, uh, funding for our public schools. I've had the opportunity um, to, over the last uh, couple of months, to follow with some of the school and family advocates to um, see the different like social, emotional um, supports that they provide um, our students, um, many of whom are uh, disadvantaged uh, in structural ways. And again, um, uh, a lot of those um, uh, needs are, are especially among uh, uh, students of color. Um, so th there are proposals that would shift um, millions of dollars away from public schools to give um, uh, other kids vouchers to attend private schools. If the schools are already strapped. What I'm what I'm seeing is that the people who are trying to do good, who are trying to do good in the schools, don't have the resources available to to do what they can for the um, the families uh, who um, could use the most support. Um, and certainly, if uh, public funding gets slashed, um, then the people who will be affected are disproportionately students of color. Um, and so, please just. Be paying attention. Contact your Iowa um, House representative and Iowa state senators, um, and make sure that they know um, that this is uh, not good for our, for our kids. Thanks. Another thing I, got, I almost forgot to on the on the seventeenth we have our Jingle Bell Brawl uh, <laughs> that will be uh, at Icor Boxing Club. It will be a fun event. Uh, we're going to make it very Christmas like, even though it's a boxing event. Uh, we're going to have fun with it. I uh, almost forgot about that completely. Also, uh, I would like to thank the city of Iowa City uh, and congratulate the city of Iowa City for uh, bringing the Golden Gloves. The first time ever in uh, the history of Iowa will the Golden Gloves be here in Iowa City. And I, I am very, very happy to hear that. Uh, it, it'll be a great show right here at the Graduate here in Iowa City on uh, the 1st of April, I believe. Uh, and uh I'll have more information on that later on down the line. Uh, but this is historic. It's the 100-year anniversary nationally of the Golden Gloves. And now we are bringing it right here to Iowa City. So that's a beautiful thing for the near future right here in April. So that's all my other announcement. I almost forgot about that. Thank you, Iowa City. Any other commissioner announcements? <laughs> yeah, this Saturday, uh, we, the Faith, Christian Faith Academy, uh, on Broadway, they have Saturday school and have invited families. I am attached to the school since it began because a lot of the, the students who go there, elementary, it's an elementary school, uh, of they identify as African. And for me, as an educator, this was something much needed uh, because a lot of the children of color, and that is why I get very triggered by an incident that like the one Sakavis talked about. So in the academy, they are protected from a lot of these things, just like being a coordinator of NISA African Family Services, an organization like ours. And I thank the state and the federal funds that we get because the, the people we serve get protected from some of the racial 
injustice, although even as we advocate, we also do get discriminated on. So on the on Saturday, I I am invited to the school to go and talk about sexual and domestic violences in our communities because NISA's mission is to eradicate violence in our communities. And if anybody is near there or a parent, it will be good to see you. I will speak until 11.05. And the other thing, I on 12th, uh, Kenya, my country of origin, will celebrate December 12th. We celebrate our Independence Day from colonialism political independence, we always remind ourselves because we still, it's a work in progress, getting Africa getting herself out of economic independence from the exploitation of the West. And yeah, today, everything we've been discussing has really reminded me of that, but I'm looking forward to December 12, because at least we do have political independence and we fly our own flag. Thank you. If there's no one else, is there a motion to adjourn? I'm, I move to adjourn. Oh. Seconded. Okay. Thank you all. Thank you.